afternoon and happy Halloween to all of you. Bill Michaels show back. Yet another hour reminder, uh, we are going to be in Marshfield tomorrow. So if you are uh, in the area of Wisconsin Rapids, Stevens Point, the Wausau area and the surrounding burbs, uh, come on by tomorrow night, 6 to 8. The Bill Michaels Huddle is going to emanate live from Nuts Deep 2, downtown Marshfield. Right down there through that Main Street area. So looking forward to it. Uh, be there tomorrow. So come on out and say hello. Uh, that's happening. And uh, don't forget, coming up on December 18th, we are going to be in Viroqua, the mighty Viroqua, going to see our buddy Ernie and the gang. And we're going to be at uh, Norwegian Hollow there uh, So for, uh, for the program. So really looking forward to it. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, uh, please feel free. I want you to take a listen to Matt. Now, we're not going to listen to all of it, okay, because some of it gets into minutiae. But uh, I want you to take a listen to uh, to Matt LaFleur from yesterday because this team right now, boy, they don't sit in a good spot in a lot of different areas. And like we said uh, Sunday during the postgame show, you could throw a dart at a dartboard at this point and find an issue. So Matt LaFleur yesterday addressing the media. Take a listen. Not as good as for Sean, though. Pretty uh, exciting time for him. What's it mean, not just for him, but the team as a whole to see him rewarded? Yeah, it's great to get that um, taken care of. Obviously, it's well-deserved, and he's earned everything. And I, like I told the team, I'm a big believer in people that approach it the right way, that are talented, that come to work with a with the mindset and determination that he possesses. And um, he's a tone setter, so I'm really happy for him. I'm happy for our organization. I think, you know, it's it's good to kind of put that to bed. He's one week shy from tearing the thing. When did you kind of realize this guy might be back and be able to contribute the way he has? What do you mean when one you week? First, kind of realized that he was he was really on track to kill that rehab and, and get back. Oh, I just I just know how we've seen him for how many years now, four years plus, and how he attacks everything. So I knew from the moment, obviously, he's he was extremely disappointed in that moment um, because it means a lot to him, and he knows he can help our football team. And but just from that time on, when when it went down the next day, I, I could see he's he's a determined young man. And um, it's not a shock to me, and I think everybody here that sees him on a daily basis, that he was able to recover from that. Matt, you said um, last night you thought you had six drops. What, what did the film show? How, did, how many did you actually have? Well, we're pretty we're pretty hard on some of those guys in terms of whether or not it's a catchable ball, or um, but we actually had more than that. Um, some of those were contested, and I know that. that it, there, there were like some 50-50 balls where, you know, give them credit. They made plays on the on the ball, but we just have that expectation that, and we need that mentality that when the ball is in the air, that it's our ball. Have you thought about any kind of shaking up in terms of assignments or with your coaching staff or in terms of bringing in somebody who could just give you um, you know, an overview of what's going on, you know, a veteran coach or anything like that to, to try to figure out what's going on on offense? Uh, yeah, we're, we're going to shake some things up in terms of our process, our, our weekly rhythm and um, how we operate Wednesday through Saturday. 
to try to get this thing going a little bit quicker to make sure that we're extremely intentional and deliberate and about uh, just there's a limited amount of, of reps that go throughout the course of the week in terms of practice and then you got your walkthroughs and just trying to be a little bit more intentional and making sure that we're giving our guys what they need in order to go out there and, and play fast and, and execute at a higher level. So um, those are kind of more along the changes that we're, we're making moving forward. Practice structure is what you're talking about. Well, I'm talking about just meeting structure to to um, not as much the practices. Um, I'm a big believer in, in kind of how we manage that workload, but um, just how we install, um, being more deliberate with our walkthrough reps and, and what we're give, presenting our guys, and as well as the practice reps. I think that's really what it comes down to, making sure that these guys get the the looks that they need in order to go out there and execute at a high level. Matt, I know you don't want to get into the youth, but when you draft players, you're, you're drafting off the projection. The idea is that what they are year one is maybe not what it's going to be year three. When you see the film, how much of this is, are you seeing potential and developmental potential, uh, things like attacking the football in the air, does that come over time, which they haven't had yet, or is there other things that, that are more concerning? Um, I, I think there's a lot of things that, first of all, I think we all can see that we, there's a, it's a talented group. Um, we just got to make sure that we get everybody on the same page and, um, you know, you, you just can't have, it seems like every play that we're out there, it, it's some, something happens, somebody makes a mistake and it, it sets everything back, whether it's a penalty whether it was a drop, whether it's not thrown on time, um, you know, maybe missing a block. Um, it's just, there, there's so many little detail. It's more the detail, I would say. Even when we have an, a, an explosive game, um, like I showed those guys today, um, you know, we hit Reed for, I don't know how many yards on that seam route, and it was single high. And the way we teach seems one high versus two high is totally different. When it's single high, we expect those seam route runners to get to the inside edge of the numbers because you really want to disperse the field and put that middle third safety in a bind. Well, we're running right down what we call the split, so the area between the numbers and the hash um, on both sides. And it just condenses everything. Now, it was a successful play, and I know we are you know, in the results business. However, our process wasn't right. So I think over time, that's gonna lead to more poor results than it will be for one successful play. So it's all that, those little details that are so important that in my mind, really separate good from great in this league. I would assume that you figured some of these mistakes are gonna happen early in the year. Um, now that you're seven weeks in, was the assumption that a bunch of this stuff would be going to, you're not going to be perfect. I never assume anything. Okay. I take it one day at a time, and we focus on what's right in front of us, and you can't assume anything. And you just got to try to continue to grind and improve. Mistakes are part of this game. They are. And right now, we're not at a point where we're good enough to overcome some of these mistakes. You know, it's just, it gets compounded, and we put ourselves in some bad situations. Um, had a lot of third and longs on, on the offensive side of the ball. 
that are extremely difficult to to convert, and we didn't. And so, um, but as far as the assumptions, like I didn't have any. Okay, never mind the assumptions part. After seven games in, did you should some of the stuff be cleared up again? You're going to have some, but should a bunch of the stuff not be an issue anymore? Well, you'd like it not to be, certainly, but obviously we're not there yet. Does a veteran wide receiver run that route more precisely? Yes or no? Depends on the depends on the guy. Most of the veterans that you've had. Yeah, I think there's yeah, it just they're able to recognize maybe sometimes uh, the shell. I mean, you got to give Minnesota a lot of credit in terms of they've got one of the best safeties that I've ever witnessed in my time in the National Football League in Harrison Smith and how he plays different looks and gives you different, you know, he'll show one thing, play another. So I do think it presents some challenges um, on the offense. I think that particular example, a lot of times when um, teams play single high defense, a lot of times the nickel will be outside leverage on whoever your slot receiver is. And he was inside leverage. So I think a lot of times the, the wideouts, usually when they're inside leverage, they're going to play a too high shell. Well, some teams call what we call buzz reroute, where they align inside and they try to reroute the receiver on their way to playing the flat. And um, so I, I think it's just more um, these guys experience in different looks and being able to respond to those looks in order to be a little bit more precise with our routes. So it is a process. Um, you know, there was a lot of things that we recognized that were very good, uh, but that was just one example I was trying to give to you guys in terms of just the level of detail that we need really on every play, um, be a good result or a bad result. So I get that. And the reason why I then took your example is because, so yesterday I asked you about youthful mistakes. You said, we're done playing that game, right? And then clearly, I'm guessing, you had some similar message to your team because two different veteran guys brought up how Kenneth Otomegwu is the only one who gets to use youth as an, as an <laughs> excuse. Did you say that to them? I did not. Okay. So they both, they, did you message them on the idea of youth is no longer an excuse around here or no? No, I, I, I didn't say anything, I, I, but I so really have not... Um, brought that up in front of our team, I think even from day one, not, it's just, okay. it's our circumstance. It is what it is. And the expectation is whoever's wearing that G on, on, the, on the side of their helmet that's out on the field is that we go execute at a championship level. Um, and we're just, we're not there. So then when you said that yesterday in your press conference, I guess I'm asking, do you think it's important to, to make it clear now that we're past the point even though it sucks, and even though that's another example of even a good play where a young guy makes doesn't do it quite the right way, that you guys have to, you can't, you just have to pretend that this is not a, the youth is not an issue? Yeah, I just, uh, I'm, I'm more interested in focusing on all the aspects that we uh, have complete control over, and that is just those, making those incremental improvements each and every day, and trying to get a little more detailed, um, trying to get everybody on the same page, try to avoid some of those mistakes that we've been making um, in order to put a product out there that's fun to watch 
and gives people a reason to cheer. I mean, it's tough being in your own stadium and you go four possessions in a row that are three and out. Like, that, that sucks. Um, that's not fun. And I, I felt the frustration from our guys. And, um, you know, I, I, it's, it's hard not to be frustrated because I think everybody expects more out of themselves, out of each other, and um, just like I expect more of myself. Do you need Brian to add to this roster at some point here soon? To I'm really not. That's not even a part of my thinking. My thinking is all about just how do we get our guys to feel confident about what they're doing, going out there, playing fast, playing decisively, um, and executing. Uh, where are you at with who's going to play left tackle for you after what Yash gave you yesterday? Um, that's going to be up for discussion, I would say, this week. The um, mishap on the goal line occur where he, the nose tackle gets left free to make the play on the goal line. Yeah, uh, well, we were in a we were in a dive. We ran a dive. It wasn't. Um, we just the guy swam and it made a good play. So it was a physical play. It wasn't. Uh, um, yeah, that was not a that was not a mental error. That was a that was whether you want to call it. Bad execution or bad scheme, have at it. You know, at the, at the end, and I realized that the Vikings weren't blitzing at the end either, but it, it looked like um, Jordan was moving around the pocket a little mm -hmm. bit more, you know, moving sure. away from the pressure. Is that something you'd like to see more of, or was that just circumstance because they're kind of playing soft at that? Yeah, I think it, it's just, I mean, the whole moving in the pocket, that's such a feel thing. Um, I think our focus is going to be on just making sure that we're going out there making the right decisions on time and, and playing with great fundamentals. And I do think that when you get in some situations where the game starts to get a little lopsided and you're in these, this two-minute hurry-up mode, a lot of times your fundamentals can kind of go out the window. You know, it's, it's more like... I don't want to call it like street ball, but it, it's, it tends to go that way. Why? I don't know. It's a crazy phenomenon um, that we certainly we talked about today. Um, and we're always, we're always going to coach the guys, you know, the, I don't, I don't know how to articulate this, but just how to play it perfectly every play in terms of the footwork, timing one hit you're going here second hit you're going there but I at the same time there is I don't want to make these guys robotic especially the, the quarterback so um, there's a there's a level of feel to that and you know it's just he's got to take the coaching and then in real time kind of use it how he feels that he can go out there and, and give us the best chance to execute plays Street ball situations have a tendency of, of softening up the defense. And the reason why I ask is because it's as empty as the first half have been, it's every week late in games, you guys are getting something generated on offense. Is that a byproduct of that? Or what, what, why have you been able to kind of close the way you have? Yeah, I mean, I would say that there's a level of urgency to how you're operating offensively when you're getting into those two-minute modes. And certainly I think when any time a team has a two-score lead on you, they're going to the tendency is to play a little bit softer, and so you, you can get some, some easier throws at times. Um, and just basically not trying to give up the, 
the, the deep plays. Um, and yet we still had some opportunities down the field that we didn't connect on, that we were just a little off. And um, hopefully we can not be in those situations first and foremost. But uh, if we are, we, we need to be able to connect on some of those plays. Matt, I asked you yesterday if Jordan was having some indecisive equals ineffective moments, and you said you had to look at the tape. Um, Jordan said he definitely is, and that's somewhere he's got to be better. What did you see when you watched it, and, and what does he need to do to get back to kind of being decisive? Yeah, I think once we got to the fourth quarter, we saw probably a little bit of that, uh, where they're playing soft and just begging you to take the check down. And I know we all want to generate those big explosive plays, but sometimes you got to earn them. And you got to be willing to take the completions and uh, move the sticks before you can get the defense to kind of play it a little bit tighter where you can potentially get some of those shots down the field. So, um, you know, I, I do think there was a lot of good things he did as well. So it's just, can we get everybody on the same page collectively doing a better job so we can move the sticks? I mean, it's tough. Like I said earlier, I mean, we, those first four series of the game, you're going three and out. Uh, you don't even give yourself a chance to kind of get into the flow and rhythm of a game. And we've, we've got we've to find a way to start faster, move the sticks, to get more plays. I mean, we don't, you don't even get to the flow of your offense when you think about, I want to say there was 14 plays after the first four drives. And a bunch of those were because of the penalties and whatnot. I think we had, a, we had that short yardage play where we got called for an illegal man downfield. Then they jumped off sides. Um, we had a free play. And we had another short yardage play. So a lot of those are third downs. And you just, it's, the third down offense, it's just like when you game plan. You game plan for red zone, you game plan for third down, and then you've got your first and second down game plan. Um, and it'd be nice to get into the rhythm of a first and second down offense, which we can get more runs called. You can get Aaron Jones the ball a little bit more, which is always usually a pretty good thing for us. Um, but then when you get down in games, and you're down, uh, was it 24 to three in the third quarter? Now that whole game plan goes out the window. Now you're in your two minute game plan. So it's just, it's how do you keep the games close um, so you can get in some sort of rhythm on offense? So was that first drive the most, like, the, was the illegal downfield penalty, was that an accurate call? Yeah, it was. So, because that erases a 20 yard gain by Romeo, right? Yeah. And then, well, the play went off schedule, so. Um, so that's how he gets okay. Yeah, that makes sense. There you go. That that's Matt Lafleur. I, I I'll just just a piece of advice. Um, how do you not get down twenty four to three? Uh, I'm gonna take a guess. But if you can score in the first half and not look like dog stuff, that might. Wait, can we send this to to Green Bay? Give him a call. Let him know, I'm, Bill. I'm thinking of it. I, I I appreciate where he's at as a coach. But if the only thing that works on this absolutely positively garbage offense is two minutes, you might want to get guys into the two minute right away just to get them into a rhythm and get them a little confidence. Otherwise. 
just throwing it out there. <laughs> you got to throw the game plan out the window when you're down 24 to 3 at the half. Do you think? Oh, we got to we got to fix that. I wish all you got to do is throw Mike McCarthy and going, oh, we're going to look at the pad level. That's all you need to do. And then after that, you're pretty much good to go. Holy crap. I mean, I know sarcasm is dripping there, and I understand it. I don't mean to be a total, total jag, but damn. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming out right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, Coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Surfer restriction supplies. Showroom for details. Offers at 1031-2023. Now I bet you're thinking about it. Maybe getting out of town come February. Yeah. Go down to snow shovel. It's snowing too early. Although all the snow at my house is gone, short of a, a little bit on some of the bar stools out by the tiki bar that's it everything is pretty much melted at this point but you know it's coming and if you're going to think about warmer weather you're going to think about that trip or a cruise whatever it happens to be cruise planners land and cruise vacations they can help you out kirk and the gang they can send you anywhere you want to go and they can even help you finance it too that's what's kind of cool about this so give them a call 262-344-0697-262-344-0697 that's cruise planners give them a shout and see if they can help you. See if they can't uh, get you into the destination, even help you finance that. If you want to take a cruise, you put it down, payment down, you pay it as you go, whatever. But uh, they can help you out over there. That's Cruise Planners. Land and Cruise Vacations. Give them a shout. And uh, maybe, just maybe, you can uh, you know escape the cold weather. Say February, March, take that trip, and then get back and enjoy what summer has to offer in the state of Wisconsin, which is fabulous. It is time now for Buy Yourself. It's about time. Three and a half hours into the show. Bill, I got three Packers questions for you. I'm actually, yes. I'm always excited for buy or sell. I might be a little extra excited today. Okay. Let's start with the Rashawn Gary extension. Okay. Yes. So now the Rashawn Gary has been extended. The Packers defensive line group seems to be set up for the next couple of years. Got Rashawn Gary, Lucas Van Ness, Devontae Wyatt, TJ Slayton, Colby Wooden, and Kenny Clark is still only 28. He should be around a little while longer. So, Bill, if the Packers are rebuilding for this year and maybe next, buy or sell, you feel good about the foundation of the Packers' defensive front. I do not. Oh, I will sell. I will sell. I Look, I I think it's adequate, but 
I don't see dynamic. Uh, I I hope. Now, this is kind of like when the year that, uh, you know, well, pick any. Ken Maka got fired. Renicky got fired. It was you go into the season, you look at it, and you're like, I hope this guy does this, and I hope he gets better, and I hope he hits for his average, and I hope this guy progresses a little bit. What I hope for is Devontae Wyatt gets better. I hope that Colby Wooden is the real deal. I hope that Kenny Clark continues to play at a Pro Bowl level and picks it up, not only this year but in years to come. I hope that Rashawn Gary continues to progress like he has every year. I hope that Lucas Van Esch shows up. Because I've seen some good, I've seen some bad. I hope he continues to get better and continues to work hard. He certainly looks the part. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope. But what I'm not seeing right now is the results. I'm not seeing dynamic. I'm not seeing big push. I'm not seeing constantly stuffing the run or pressuring a quarterback. So I think, you know, going back to the Eric Eager comment a while ago that said the worst thing in the world is to be still unknown at the end of the season. I think I think the, the signing for Rashawn Gary is, is good. But I hope everything else comes together because right now, if if I had to say, you know, really good, above average, average, below average, poor, I'd probably have to say right now it's an average team up front. They're average. So what we're hoping for is to get better, but now we'll wait and see. A little mini buy or sell to tag on to that buy or sell. Buy or sell, you can win a championship. You can have a championship-level defense if Rashawn Gary is your best player on the defensive line. Uh, I'll sell on that because he's not Clay Matthews. He's not Charles Woodson coming off the edge. He's not Charles Woodson picking him up because his team doesn't create turnovers. That Clay Matthews could pressure a quarterback into creating a turnover, and Charles Woodson was pulling the ball out of the air. Nick Collins was yanking the ball out of the air. If Rashawn Gary is the best you have to offer up front, I'm not knocking him. I'm just saying you need more. So I don't think so. I think that what you need for this team is, yes, you need Rashawn Gary to perform to that contract as the top five guy in the league, but you need a lot more. And that's that's the problem. It's, I just don't know what it is they have. And, and you were kind of hoping that Stokes was going to come back and really kind of solidify that secondary with with uh, – with uh, Jair Alexander and Darnell Savage was going to play better. You need safety help. You need corner help. You need another guy opposite, and hopefully that's Lucas Van Ness. I just, if this offense was really good, really good, I mean, go back to the 2011 offense, a high-flying, point-scoring offense. Do you think this defense is good enough to win you a championship? This defense, I think, yeah. If they're healthy, I think they have if guys. they're healthy. If yeah. they're healthy, they'd probably be adequate, but I still don't think they're top 10. I think maybe they're top 15 to 13 the way it stands if they're healthy. Well, if Rashawn Gary put it this way, if he's your best player up front, edge rusher, defensive lineman, you might need a, a next-level game-breaker at inside linebacker or at right. safety or a corner. Yep. All right, yep, I got gotcha. you. Just, just taking stock in the defense. By yourself. Let's talk about the offense through that same kind of lens of a rebuild. Watson and Dobbs are in year two. Neither have taken a big jump. Some could argue Watson's gone backwards. The 2023 rookie class includes two tight ends, Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft, and then wide receivers Jaden Reed and Dontavian Wicks. Bill, buy or sell, of those six guys who are either in year one or year two, you have the highest hopes right now for Jaden Reed. Hmm. Out of all those guys, you would put your eggs in the Jaden Reed basket. No, I would sell on that. It would be in the Luke Musgrave basket. Interesting. Yeah, it would be in the Luke Musgrave basket because I I just see something in him. Uh, And again, it's just he's got – watch the guy work. 
and he's just got the I I'm going to get at it at no no expense. I'm just I'm going to just whoop everybody's ass, get where I need to be. The problem is is that they just need to teach him you're good. Just slow it down. We believe in you and get to the right spot at the right time. You don't need to do 100 miles an hour to get there and be standing there in a wide open space waiting for the football. Just get there, do what you need to do. Work, right now, the other thing he needs to do is work on his pass blocking. If he needs to stay in and chip, he just needs to work on that a little bit. But my my hope is on Luke Musgrave. Because if you've got a bona fide tight end, then you can start to work outward uh, to the wide receiver position. i, I got to tell you, look, I think Jaden Reed's good. He's a bona fide third and a slot receiver. But I think he's good. Last year, with Christian Watson... Romeo Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs was supposed to have this incredibly unique connection with Jordan Love in the offseason, and that was supposed to translate. I haven't seen it. He's been one of your more reliable receivers, but uh, I hope he comes on. But Christian Watson, to this point, if you had to talk about like just an incredible failure, he's a failure right now. Just a failure. Second-round draft choice. They moved to get him. You know, it already came with North Dakota State, you know, that type of thing. And he has not proven that he's willing to just fight for a ball like like to the grim death. He's extremely fast, but I think he's still hurting a little bit. So even he's lost a step. But to this point, it's it's a failure. The Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt, the first two guys drafted in the first round of that draft, both have been – they've increased, they've gotten better, not to my level of better, but they've gotten better. Christian Watson regressed and can't stay healthy. You can't make the club from the tub. And I'll be honest, if he if you go into next season and he's hurt again, cut that guy. Get rid of him. Call it a mistake and move on. Buy or sell. Last question. This, this one has to do with Matt LaFleur. And I'm going to cite uh, an argument that was written about by Justice Mosqueda in Acme Packing Company. I think it's interesting. So right now the Packers are on pace for five wins this year, which obviously stinks. And mm-hmm. Justice wrote today in a story that he published that – Plenty of coaches have gone a, uh, had a sub-six-win season and been retained, right? 14 guys in NFL history have had five wins or fewer that were retained. And the most successful coach on that list is Jason Garrett. Then Dan Reeves, Marvin Lewis, Wayne Fonts, Jeff Fisher, so on and so on. His point, only five of those 14 coaches had a winning record again after they were kept. So, Bill, buy or sell with that kind of background knowledge in your head. If Jordan Love never looks any better than this this year, and this is the way the rest of the season goes, it would be smart for the Packers to start fresh this offseason with a brand-new coach, even if all of these losses might not be Matt LaFleur's fault. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. Give me the five again that actually went on to winning records. It was Jeff Fisher, never won a Super Bowl. Yep. Wayne Fonts, never won a Super Bowl. Dan Marvin Reeves. Lewis never won a Super Bowl. Dan Reeves did. Jason Garrett, but Jason Garrett had a five-win season because Tony Romo got hurt. So that's right. that's a little bit of an outlier as well. That could be misleading too. But Jason Garrett never won a Super Bowl either. So the only one to have success was Dan Reeves. So, no, I, I've said up before, if you're going to start blowing out coordinators, I, I, I'd just clean house. I'd blow everybody out. That's just me. I'd start over and then give it two years to, to put it back. Because you're going to have two years to put the talent back together anyway. But I'd give it two years, and I, 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 the you know, and if you're going to blow out a, a general manager too, I'd go find the AGM, and I can't remember the guy's name, Scott something or other, uh, with uh, San Francisco, and what they're doing over there, and the way they acquire talent, and the way they go about their business, because even when they do make a bad move, they cut loose their mistake and move on, and I, I'd find the second in charge there, 
Uh, but, yeah, if it doesn't get any better and you're a sub-five, five-winner sub-season, I'd say talk to you later. I'd blow everybody out. Start I, it over. I just think – And remember, that's going to be your legacy for Mark Mark Murphy because Mark Murphy's only got, a, what, a year and a half left, and, and then he's officially got to be done. So if I'm Mark Murphy, I'm thinking, you know what? I'm looking at cleaning house. Absolutely. I just think for the most point – or for the, for the most part, when you're thinking, eh, should we fire this coach, we give him a little longer – that coach is almost always going to get fired. And then when they're fired, you almost always wish you did it a little bit sooner. Like if the Packers knew what we knew now, probably would have moved off McCarthy and Thompson a lot sooner. So if this seems, earlier, yeah. yeah, or shoot, maybe even after the 2014 NFC championship game saved everybody a lot of time, you know? Yeah. So I, I think that was the point of this article was if it seems like it should be over, it should probably be over. Yeah. Yeah, there's no sentimental reason. You haven't yeah. won a championship, and there's no sentimental reason. to What, what Matt LaFleur did was really build a bridge between management and Aaron Rodgers. That's his success. That's what he hangs his hat on. Beyond that, I, no, I, there's nothing more there that I can say that's unbelievably dynamic. Again, you know, to use his term, what do you hang your hat on? You know, I mean, <laughs> that's it. Your team choked after you, uh, you know, turned the ball over in the NFC Championship game, turned the ball over against San Francisco. You went into a, a shell of what you were. You made bad decisions down the stretch. It's not like you're losing a guy that was so intricate in in winning championships. You're losing a guy whose team choked down the stretch. So I, I don't have a problem with it, to be quite honest with you. Uh, let's do this. We'll step away, take a quick break, because we're woefully late for it, and then we'll come back, wrap things up. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Everybody's buzzing about Quick Trip's possibly pilfered potatoes. We have them priced so low, some say they're illegal. Swipe potato fries, potatoes ill-gotten, stash browns. Come on, these are not hot potatoes. But it is a quick hot savings. You might say it's a steal. No, don't say that. 99 cents for a five-pound bag. Five pounds of potatoes under a dollar? What a heist. A perfect score for those large meal gatherings. Quick trip. We got your taters covered. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. Continuing on. Hey, a reminder, coming up tomorrow night, tomorrow night, going to be uh, up in Marshfield, and uh, we're going to be at Nut Steve 2 tomorrow night, and uh, we'll be hanging out there. So if you're in the, uh, you know, God, Wisconsin Rapids, uh, Wausau, uh, if you're going to be uh, just south of there, say even in Stevens Point, Marshfield, obviously, uh, come on by and say hi. Tomorrow night we're going to be there from 6 to 8 tomorrow night. I'm really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it. Uh, by the way, uh, yesterday, told you not to worry, and last night, Bucks got a nice win, and everybody was scoring. Dame time was back, so no uh, no, no major issue, just an FYI. So it wasn't like uh, all of a sudden, you know, things were going to go flying down the tubes. But uh, it, did the Flavor Flav National Anthem um, – has brought up a lot of discussion about bad national anthem singers. Now, Flavor Flav is a rapper. 
He's a Grammy-nominated rapper, but rapping is different than singing the national anthem. And does was this a fun moment for people that were there, or is this kind of a black eye on perpetuating a, just a really bad singer singing something that means so much to many and country-wise? I thought he was good. Like, he wasn't perfect. He wasn't the best singer I've ever heard. No, he wasn't terrible. He sang a couple of notes, and me and my friends kind of looked at each other like, are we about to witness, like, is this about to be a meme? And then the rest of it was, again, it wasn't perfect, but it was was pretty darn good. It was, we're like, hey, it wasn't too bad. I, um, yeah, it wasn't the worst. I mean, people are equating this to the Roseanne Bar out in San Diego. Um you know, national anthem. I'm like, eh, or no. Fergie at the NBA all-star yeah. game a couple years ago. That was bad. Yeah. How can Fergie be a singer and be that bad? I think you that, run into that, trouble when you start putting your own spin on it. That's where people yeah. get into trouble. That That's the most amazing thing. And I, I'll never forget. And I've told this story before that, uh, you know, the one person in the world that you just want to sing the anthem the way it's supposed to be sung. Uh, going back to County Stadium, I'm sitting in the front in the loge. It's getting to the end of the season. There's this guy on the field, and uh, we're getting ready for the national anthem. Now, one person that I know just wants you to sing it. Sing it, sing it right, and sing it well is, is Euchre. And uh, I'm sitting in front of him, him and Jim Powell. I'm sitting there, and this guy came out and sang the anthem and starts out with, oh, say, and it was just – the longest rendition of the national anthem I think I've ever heard. And, <laughs> you know, they're, they're back from the radio broadcast, and they finish it up, and they've already gone back to commercial, so it's not like anybody's listening, but loud enough to be heard, the guy finally finishes it, and the home of the bray, hey, 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 you know, and Euchre <laughs> goes, Back here in the fifth inning, over to you, Jim. <laughs> and the family heard it, and he sits down so they don't see anybody. Be, I mean, there's not a lot of people at County Stadium anyway. The family hears it. They're looking up thinking, I said it. And they're, like, looking up at me, and you can see him pointing and everything, you know. And Euchre, in the meantime, had gone and sat back down. And he's nowhere to be found. So they're thinking it's me. And about fifth inning, all of a sudden, you know, popcorn starts coming out of the booth onto the loge level down below to where I was sitting. I think I was sitting with Chuck Freeman at the time. And he just looks over and he goes, I, I effed you on that one, didn't I, everybody? You know, and that's just like, oh, my God. But this guy, it had to be a six-minute rendition of the national anthem. I've never heard it sung that long and in so many different pitches and keys and warbles in my entire life. It was it – was, uh, the guy had an incredible voice, but had he just sung it, it would have been great. But he didn't, and it was terrible. And uh, that was – I'll never forget that one. Every time somebody talks about a bad national anthem, I'll go, okay, that was the one. I remember that one. Uh, let's do this. we got one more segment yet to go. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michaels Show. We have got some What Do We Miss coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. 
incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, Coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Surfer's Journey Supplies. Showroom for details. Offers at 1031-2023. Welcome back. Bill Michael Show. Wrapping things up. Uh, a friend of mine. He works at an IT company out in California. He's listening today. He says, take a look at what I what I brought to work today. And it's this big bowl of candy. I said, man, aren't you nice? And he said, absolutely. And then it dawned on me, he was joking because he works from home. <laughs> so, he's got this huge bowl of candy. He said, look what I brought to work today. And I'm thinking he brought it for all of his coworkers and everything. <laughs> he works from home. I'm like, oh, okay, now I get it. What a, what a dummy I am. Welcome back to the program. So, Grant Bills, other than my stupidity, what do we miss? Well, it's NFL trade deadline day. So we talked a little bit about Montez Sweat going to the Bears for a second. Uh, about 15 minutes ago, the former number two overall pick uh, edge rusher, Chase Young, who's been with the Commanders, just got yeah. traded to the Niners for a third-round pick in 2024. Wow. So you got two Ohio State guys now rushing a quarterback in Bosa and Young. Mm-hmm. Now – Young has not necessarily lived up to the building, but then again, he's also been toiling away in Washington. Speaking of Washington, by the way, I was uh, I was thinking of Joe Gibbs. Dan Reeves went to four Super Bowls, never won one. But when we were talking about coaches that had losses, Dan Reeves, I remember he was with Denver and Atlanta, and uh, I think it was two or three times with uh, Denver he went to the Super Bowl and lost, and then he lost one with Atlanta. That I know, but uh, but he never won one, but he got there. So anyway, just to clear that up, I wanted to make sure we got that. I, I see this tweet right now from Danny Kelly, who uh, works for the Ringer, and he tweeted, Washington traded the Niners Trent Williams for a fifth-round pick in 2020 and now Chase Young for a third. Does Washington have anyone else's phone number or what? Like, right. yeah, the Niners. But this is when, you, when you're coming from a position of strength, Bill, like the Niners are because they've built such a strong roster, such a stable roster. They can take flyers on players with pedigree like this, even if it's right. just a rental. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It doesn't kill them. Yeah. And, and the fact is, is that, look, you're going from Washington toiling away in the AFC or in the NFC East, and now you're going to a legit contender, and you're playing alongside the, the guy that's going to be taking the pressure off of you or just be a rotational guy. Yeah, you can rejuvenate your career out there real quick. So this is what my my mind originally went to when I saw this deal. I, nothing to do with the Packers because the Packers aren't contending. So I'm I'm not like, oh, damn it. Now the Packers have to deal with it. The Packers got to deal with themselves. But I, I did think of the last decade, Bill, when the Packers were trying to get over the hump and, and trying to get to a Super Bowl. This is the type of move the Packers never made over the never last made. 10 years. Like, right. hey, we're going to rent this player, even if it's for a third round pick and we don't resign him. You know, that's where my mind went. It's like, this is the type of move the Packers never made when they were contending. 
Because they always believe the picks were so valuable. And when you think it's so valuable and yet you continue to miss with certain picks, it's it's not. It's a wipe-your-butt moment, and you just passed on it, and, and you should be ashamed of yourself. So I completely agree. Yeah, so that was the one big trade where Jalen Johnson with the Bears requested a trade. We could maybe see that happen. Good corner. I mean, the mm-hmm. Niners might try to get them, too, or get Jalen Johnson as well. Right. We heard earlier today from Adam Schefter that Devontae Adams will unequivocally not be traded before yeah, today's deadline. they don't want to get rid of him. Yeah. And then they have absolutely nothing. And any shot of even feeling like they could maybe get to a postseason, I think, would be out the window at that point, although I, that's the reality of which they live. But I agree with you. And the Vikings traded for Josh Dobbs, sixth, seventh round uh, pick swap. So he's going to come in and who's played very well for Arizona. He's going to come in and take yep. over for the injured Kirk Cousins. So there you go. That's all we that's have so it. far. Maybe more trades coming. We don't know, but that's all we have so far. Pretty busy. Yep, not a bad day. Uh, we'll see what happens and then maybe kind of recap it all coming up tomorrow. Don't forget, uh, heading to Marshfield, we're going to be at Nuts Deep 2 tomorrow night, 6 to 8. The Bill Michaels Huddle is going to emanate live from there, so be a face in the crowd. Come on out and say hello. And uh, really looking forward to it. Did we miss anything else today before uh, we, we sign off? I think that's about it. Nothing crazy. Okay. You got to most everything. There we go. We tried to cover it all today. We got a little bit of everything. We talked. The only thing we didn't talk about was Brewers and Craig Council, and we were kind of waiting to see if something was going to happen. But tomorrow it all gets underway, and then uh, right after uh, the final game of the World Series, really good breakdown. We can talk a little more baseball tomorrow about what the Brewers are going to have going on. They're going to have some decisions to make, and we'll talk about that as well. Uh, in addition, it's Wednesday. We're also going to hear from uh, whomever happens to be talking in the Packers locker room, and then tomorrow night we'll hear – from Matt LaFleur and company. So there you go. Good stuff. So until we talk again, live in Marshfield tomorrow, 20 hours from now, time for us to go and have a good one. And uh, if you're trick-or-treating tonight, have fun. And if you are not and you're out cruising around, look for the trick-or-treaters. Be safe tonight. Time for us to go. Have a go. Whoop. Whoop.